When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, welcome to the Snooker Scene Podcast. I'm Dave Hendon. The Masters is upon us, and in this podcast we're going to look ahead to the tournament at Alexandra Palace. We're going to go through each match. Michael McMullen is alongside me to do exactly that. The first match, uh, as I guess is customary, is the defending champion, Mark Allen, who, let's be honest, I tipped last year on this very mm, podcast yeah, to, to yeah, win the good tournament. Shows, good yeah. um, Against Luca Purcell, of course, he beat in the first round last year. Um, Luca, a great talent, very inconsistent. I think you have to say it's a pretty good draw for Mark Allen. It is. Um, having said that, Purcell has shown a bit of form at the Championship mm. League. It's obviously not the same level of pressure as the Masters or anything like it, but you know, you've got to start somewhere. Uh, I assume he won't walk into the arena with two cues like he did last year. No. Um, but, look, he's up against Mark Allen, who is actually a much better player now than he was going into the Masters last year. You could make a reasonably strong case. He's the second-best player in the world at the moment, certainly over the last few months. He's the only one, other than O'Sullivan, who's been showing any sort of consistency. Uh, no reason at all why Allen couldn't win it again. I mean, you think of the late Paul Hunter, who you know won it as a little bit of a surprise, I think, then went out and won it again the following year, and he didn't go in on anything like the form that Allen is going in on. Um, There is a certain, obviously, extra pressure, expectation, I suppose, when you are going in as defending champion in an event of this scale. But, you know, Alan has said that he feels he can cope with that, and I think he's just the sort of character who can. So, yeah, it would be a really big surprise, I think, even with the improved form Brussel has been showing over the last week or two, if Alan didn't come through that. Yeah, and you can see the difference that winning the Masters has made to him. You know, the confidence he's got now in himself. You know, he's got one of the big titles he won tournaments before, but the Masters is now set the second biggest tournament, mm. I think. It's oh, without big, a doubt. Yeah. Bigger than the UK, yeah. and just the feel of the thing. And particularly now, obviously the top 16, it's a, it's the current rankings. It's not the start of the season. It's the current best 16 players. And you can see it in him. And we saw it at the UK Championship, obviously won the Scottish Open as well. You know, he's arrived at the big time. And the thing is, you can see he believes that as well. I think he's always had the belief, but now he's got... All, the, all that to back it up. Yeah. I, I mean, I see him as someone who could just any year go out and win the World Championship. I've said that for a long time. I think the way he plays, it doesn't take a huge amount out of him. It's a surprise, really, that his record at the Crucible is relatively poor. It's ten years now since uh, he got to that semi-final and gave Higgins a good game. 
Um, so yeah, as you say, he's arrived in the big league now, and it, this is his time now to really build on it because he's what 32 now. He's playing the best snooker of his life over the last 12 months. 2018 was by far and away his best year. Now is the time for him to really find out, you know, what sort of place he can claim in the game's history. Well, he said this week there was a press release sent out by Will Snooker, and he said that he said I don't want to speak out term, but I believe I'm the best player ever to come out of Northern Ireland. He said, I'm not yet the best winner. And he said, I need to win the World Championship, obviously, because Alex Higgins and Dennis Taylor did that. But it's the sort of thing that you look at it, and first you read it, you think, wow, that's a little bit kind of over the top. And then you think, well, actually, you're probably right. Well, the standard's just so high Mm. now, isn't it? I mean, if you put in Alan on sort of his best form against Taylor and Higgins at their best, I think he probably would win. But yeah, it was was interesting that he said, not yet the best winner. Mm. So that's... You know, showed that he wasn't getting carried away with himself. He knows he's got to go out and prove it now on the table. I, I wouldn't put any limits on what he can do. You know, he might well have won that UK final. Uh, he has won the Masters, and like I say, I think you know every chance he could be world champion in the next few years. And you know, why not this year? Okay, well, if he does win his first match, he plays either Ding Junhui or Jack Lazowski. Talk about a couple of enigmas. Obviously, Ding's yeah. won the Masters and has won a lot of other things, but he's one of those players who. He literally goes missing during the season because he doesn't play in everything. Yeah. Um, but he's capable of playing as well as anybody. Jack is making his debut. It's an exciting time for him. He's earned it. He's had a very, very consistent year. And it's interesting, he's actually got in the top 16 without winning a tournament, which yeah. is actually really difficult. It shows how consistent he's been. Very exciting player. Um, a little bit. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of Kirk Stevens when he went there in the 80s. You know, he's a young, good-looking guy. I think the crowd will get on his side. Is he going to play in a white suit? Well, who knows? Yeah. Might, might make a maximum. Yeah, but, yeah, the, yeah. but the point is, I guess... Well, there's two things on that match. One, how quickly does Jack settle into that environment? And two, how's Ding going to play? And that's a great unknown. But it's always the great unknown. And, I mean, even more so, because Ding has practically done nothing this season. Uh, He's become a dad now. He's decided for the time being it's more important than snooker, which, of course, it is. But, you know, you wouldn't want him to look back and regret that he had just kind of given up on his career. And the last few months have suggested that, to some extent, he has. But, look... This match actually, you know, will tell us a lot. Has Ding been practising over the last few weeks? If he has, and he wins the match, we both know he could go and win the Masters. He's won it before. Uh, He's just a completely unpredictable player who I almost feel there's no point talking about in a preview because... (laughs) That was to stop them. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because he can be just struggling, having a load of bad results, then go out and win a tournament. Or he can win five ranking events in a season and lose to Michael Wosley in the first round of the World Championship. He's completely unpredictable. If he goes out and plays well against Lazowski and beats him... No reason at all why he couldn't go on and win the whole thing. Jack's not unpredictable. We know how Jack's going to play. Mm. He'll play how he always plays. And um, it's all out, isn't it? And if it works, it's, he's so talented. You know, he could beat anyone. But there's always that feeling that, you know, if he starts to miss and under pressure, he can do that, of course, then he's going to leave enough on for Ding. Yeah, a lot of players have actually done really well on their Masters debuts. A couple of them have actually won it. Selby, so, yeah, exactly. So some players really thrive on the environment. And um, I think Lazowski will. He's waited a long time to get there. It's not like he's coming in at the age of 20 or 21 or something. Uh, it's taken him some time to get there. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's great to see him in there, actually, because, you know, with so many rising stars from China, there hasn't been enough new talent coming through from this part of the world. And you do need that balance. Obviously, Kyron Wilson's come through a lot over the last few years. Lazowski has taken a long, long time to get to this level. I think we all would have expected him to be top 16 player maybe five or six years by now. Um, but as you say, just so consistent. I think off the top of my head, it was maybe nine times last season. He got to at least the last 16 of a ranking event. And he's pretty much picked up from there this season. Mm. 
Um, surely only a matter of time before he wins something. You would think so. I should say, I, I did want to interview Jack on this podcast, and um, it didn't happen, and it wasn't his fault, and it wasn't my fault. Other people got involved. Shame, because I think a lot of people would have liked to have heard what he had to say. We'll move on. John Higgins and Ryan Day. John Higgins, twice winner of the Masters. Otherwise, his record is pretty lousy in the tournament. He yeah. doesn't seem to enjoy coming to London to play. He doesn't seem to enjoy anything, actually, at the moment. Although, having said that, I mean, we know at the UK Championship, he was down in the dumps. He'd lost two World Finals, very close, two, two finals he could have won, and just not enjoying snooker. But he went to Glasgow, because he lives in Glasgow, played in the Scottish Open, said he would have withdrawn had it not it had been any other tournament, played in his, his own uh, backyard, made a maximum, and that seemed to turn things round. And he, he certainly ended the year on a high, he qualified for Germany. So you never know, maybe finally he might wake up this season. Yeah, and he's playing Day, who's just the great survivor. <coughs> he's been around such a long time, and he's never really... OK, he's had a bit of a dip in the rankings, but he's never gone that long you know, without producing a good result somewhere along the way. It just looks to me, actually, just looking at that, that just has the look of... A match that Day is going to win, actually. Mm. Um, he's got no reason to fear anyone. He's so experienced. He's such a good player when he plays well that you wonder why he hasn't achieved more in the game. And, you know, you talk about Alan has moved into the big time. OK, Day hasn't won any of the really big titles, but he's suddenly become a winner over the last couple of years, won a couple of events. I really fancy him to win that one, actually. And, as you say, there's just something about Higgins and the Masters. I think he's let it get into his head that his record there isn't, uh, isn't that great. And... You know, it seems to burden him almost when he mm. comes to the Masters now every year. It's almost like he's forgotten he's won it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he won well, one of, a long time ago. <laughs> he won one of the great finals in 2006, the last Absolutely. one at the conference centre. Yeah, fantastic clearance in the decider. You know, if that was me, I'd watch that every night. Yeah, but he doesn't seem to be like. Well, that. maybe he does, and he's not practicing, and that's why he doesn't uh, do well. Twenty years since he first won it yeah. this year. There's a thought, isn't it? Yeah. So it is a long time ago. But again, with John, it's just unpredictable, isn't it? Because. You know, in the middle of last season, he was talking about, oh, you know, my game's gone, I'm coming mm. towards the end, and you know, he almost won the World Championship mm. at the end of it. So he's another one who, you know, can just turn it round. So a clash of two great survivors, actually, but I just really fancy that it will be Ryan's day. Nice pun. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of people will fancy Ronnie O'Sullivan, of course, uh, seven times Masters Champion record winner, playing Stuart Bingham. We were talking the other day, not on our podcast, because we do have conversations when we're not actually recording as well, mm. uh, about players who've beaten Ronnie in all three Triple Crown events. Oh, yeah. Bingham has beaten him in the world and the UK. Yeah. So, Hendry and Higgins. And Mark Selby, of course, we sort of discovered, has beaten in all three finals yeah, in Triple Crown. Yeah, quite a feat. Yeah. But Bingham, you know, obviously, Stuart's not going to be punching the air at drawing Ronnie, but... I think if you're going to play him in the Masters, the first round might be the time. Because yeah. Liang Wenbo, a couple of years yeah. ago, let's not forget, should have beaten him. Yeah, yeah. Well, Marco Fu didn't fare so well last year. Of course, that was one of the most <laughs> one-sided matches in Masters history. couldn't see it, in fairness. Yeah, well, you know, it's a bit of a handicap <laughs> when you're playing Ronnie O'Sullivan. Um, yeah, look, how do you tip anyone other than O'Sullivan to win the Masters this year? It's his favourite event, his record in it is fantastic, no matter where it's been played. And he's getting the results. And, you know, he's not played his best snooker over the last 12 months by any means. Mm. You know, he criticises himself a lot, but... You actually have to agree with him at this time. He hasn't played his best over the last 12 months. But that's the most significant thing. Mm. That's the scariest thing about him. That his record, in terms of winning events, has been as good as ever, in spite of that. And he's found a way to dig it out, to win matches that he just wasn't willing to do in the past. Bingham, you know, no reason to fear anybody. He won't fear anybody. Vastly experienced, former world champion, has beaten O'Sullivan uh, in the past. But, I mean, it's just impossible. You're almost looking to try and find ways... You know, to, to not tip O'Sullivan, and you just can't find any at the moment. So, I think it's one of those things. It's such a cliche, isn't it? If it goes close, Bingham's got a chance. But if O'Sullivan goes out and gets a bit of a lead going, forget about it. No way back from there. 
I think Ronnie always used to say, like, you know, records didn't bother him, but that was when he was sort of, it looked like he would not get near. That's when he didn't have the records. Exactly, it didn't, yeah. and also they looked like Hendry looked unimpeachable, but he started to, to, to take them, of course, and we saw at the UK Championship, you know, winning that, most UKs, most Triple Crown tournaments, how much it meant to him. Never seen Ronnie yeah. like that, ever. Yeah. He could be a ten-time Masters champion, because people say, oh, how many more years is he going to have? You know, can he be still doing it when he's 50? Not only can he, he will still be doing it when he's 50 if he keeps up the interest, and his interest seems as strong as ever. So he's got many, many years ahead. Uh, that would be something that would really mean a lot to him to try to get to uh, to 10 Masters titles. And uh, Again, it's, ju it's just hard to find things to say about O'Sullivan because you're almost trying to find a chink in the armour, mm. and it's just really, really hard to see one at the moment. So mm. he goes in, I think, as, as big a favourite for this tournament as he's ever gone into any tournament in the past. It's his favourite event. He's on a fantastic run of form. Just going to be so hard to stop. Yeah. He's a man for the big occasion. Yeah. Right? And he's benefited from the way that the Triple Crown has become yeah. this big thing. Because, oddly enough, when the BBC had four network tournaments, mm. it was less of a thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's interesting, we were looking at the Stephen Hendry autobiography the other day, and there's, yeah. a, there's a, an old, uh, in the picture section, there's an old newspaper uh, Photograph yeah. from years ago, and it says Stephen Hendry pictured with the three th games, three biggest trophies: World Championship, UK Championship, European. Yeah, I know. The Masters know. wasn't involved with that, and he I, won it. I, I can honestly say I don't remember hearing the term Triple mm. Crown till maybe fifteen years ago, mm. and even then only very occasionally. Uh, but as you say, it, it's starting one way or another, and like it or not, it's starting to get some sort of traction, to use mm. the modern word. Um, and yeah, things like that do mean a lot to him. And just what you were saying there about he's a big occasion player, which absolutely he is. And this is the thing about the Masters, now more than ever, every match is a massive occasion. Yeah. Because one table arena, which is very rare nowadays, every match is sold out. And as O'Sullivan's legend grows, every match he plays in mm. becomes such a big occasion. Every match in the Masters almost feels like a final. Yeah. And it has a lineup that could easily be a final of any tournament. Yeah. And the more that grows, the more it suits O'Sullivan. That's why he's got such a great record in it in, in the last few years. And that venue helps because the, the conference centre was, was a great venue. It lost a little bit of its soul when it went to Wembley Arena. Yeah, it, it wasn't did. a great place. Yeah. Wembley, yeah, but it, it didn't feel the same. And also snooker at that time, in that period, was not doing well. But since it's gone to Ali Pali, it's a great venue. And like you say, every, every match could be a final because yeah. of the quality of the field. Yeah. So that's the top half. Now, bottom half, Mark Selby, uh, still world number one. He's been there four years against Steve Maguire. Selby's won the Masters three times. You know, I mean, early on in his career, he couldn't stop getting to finals and, and yeah. doing well there. Uh, last couple of years, maybe not quite as successful. Again, he's, you know, we're saying about Dingo and missing. I mean, Selby as well, he's won a tournament this season, mm. but got to the UK Championship lost first round, hadn't entered Scotland, so we've not seen him really since he lost to Ronnie in that incredible semi-final in Belfast. Yeah. Get the cocoa in. This one is going to be a real scrap. You can just feel <laughs> it. Um, and, you know, Selby loves that and Maguire loves it too. And it could come down to temperament, that one, and, you know, Maguire's has perhaps been suspect mm. a bit at times where Selby just has a fantastic one. Uh, this time last year, I tipped Selby to win it because I thought this is where it's all going to turn around from and inevitably on the back of that, he lost in the first round. Um, Maguire's another kind of survivor really there have been times when it's looked as though he's slipping out of that top bracket of players but he's hung on and he always has a good tournament here and there and as you say it's, it's been funny for Selby because he's still winning tournaments you know on a mm. fairly frequent basis but in between so many early defeats and even if you look at a lot of the early round matches he wins he doesn't play well at all but I think this is the opposite of what it's about Ronnie I think that Mark also recognises now the importance of the three big ones yeah but it's kind of worked the other way for him. I mean, you look at last season, he lost second round of the UK Championship, mm. first round of the Masters, first round of the World Championship. Now, these are three of th the three biggest events in the game. 
three events he's won, you know, plenty mm. of times. But it's almost like, like I say, didn't blame Scotland. It's almost like he's building them up too much, almost. Well, totally last season, because he skipped the home nations events either side of mm. the UK to concentrate yeah. on it. As I said at the time, he's vindicated if he goes and retains his UK title, but not when he loses in the mm. last 64. So, yes, I think that's definitely true. I mean, and you saw what happened at the Crucible. He just was a shadow of his mm. uh, normal self in the first round there. So, like I say, I think a real scrap. Selby will go there just desperate to get some results, get, find himself back at the business end of one of the really big events and take it from there. Uh, and I do fancy he'll get over the line in this one, but it'll be very close. You could see it being 6-4, six, 6-5. Six, Strangely, I fancy Selby to play well there, actually. I, fa- I fancy him to play well in the tournament, but we'll see. Now, the next one, uh, this kind of stood out for me when the draw came out. Judd oh, Trump yeah. versus Karen Wilson. Brilliant. Now, uh, of course, there's a couple of things here. One is the semi-final last year, mm. where Trump was 5-2 up, lost 6-5. Um, tough defeat to take. And Kyron, you know, he's such a... He was so pumped up, not only in that match, but in the final. I remember at the end he was in tears with yeah. Mark Allen giving it everything. But of course, since then, a few things have been said in the media. Now, quite often the media, of which we are part, are mm. accused of hyping things up. But these people chose to say these things. Kyron at the Championship Champions said that in the interval of the semi final, he saw Trump, didn't look interested, and it was a question of who wanted it more, and it was him, mm. according to Kyron. And then, of course, in Belfast, Trump had his say, he said that people keep. Big enough, Kyron. He's won nowhere near as much as I have, which is true. Although he's a couple of years younger, it's tasty. This, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It is tasty, but for the players themselves, I don't know. Do they benefit from this at all? Mm. I mean, can you think of any player who's got involved in these spats and you know it's really worked for him? I know. Well, there was Bingham. I suppose he got involved in a kind of a public spat with Mark Allen and went out and won his first tournament off the back of it and went on from there. So maybe sometimes it can work, but they're two really nice lads, <laughs> Jordan and Kyron, and it's funny that this. You know, hostility has built up between them. But what I'm saying is, it, it is there is a genuine. It's genuine. This is oh, not, it is. Yeah, because we're at the championship league yeah. as we record this, and not giving anything away. But we all sit in a big players' room. They have not exchanged one word with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it, it's absolutely genuine, and uh, I don't think either of them are greatly unhappy about it. I think mm. they both feel, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm making my point here, and I think they maybe both feel it's helping them in some way. But also, it's, they're supposed to be rivals. Yeah. They're not supposed to be pals. They are, but I just, I just would hope it won't spill over and just you know, get out of hand. And, I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think no. it will. I mean, it's almost hard to imagine how it would happen. So, yeah, look, you know, there's always a bit of an edge with the London crowd anyway, and you know, there will be a bit more of it this time. So, if they'd been rigging the draw, and let's be clear, I'm not suggesting for one moment that <laughs> no. that did go on. This is probably the match they would have uh, wanted to pit up in the first round, you know. Particularly as you say, I mean, they had that match in the semi-finals mm. last year. But two fantastic players who've both played a lot of good snooker this season, uh, in and out. I mean, they've not been completely consistent throughout, but they're both tournament winners in this campaign. And uh, I mean, Trump's record in the Masters um, is you know, surprisingly poor, really. And I think that is perhaps why that defeat last year hurt him so much. Um, Trump likes to think of himself as a big occasion player, and I'm not saying he isn't. But uh, you know, going out and winning the Masters, um, you know, would really have given him the chance to underline that. So very hard to pick a winner, though. Very hard to pick a winner in that one. But uh, I would just edge it for Trump in, in the end, just because he's a slightly better player. Well, Championship League, they played twice. Yeah, three nil and three one, both to Trump. But you know, it's obviously very different. At Alexander Pies with the big crowd. I do like Kyron's kind of attitude you know he's very very dedicated mm. um, does all the right things obviously Barry Stark's in his corner who's sort of his, a guiding hand it's an interesting clash also of personalities Trump likes to represent himself in a certain way he's quite active on social media and like a lot of people his age Kyron's kind of not really like that he's 
bit more kind of conservative, maybe. And that makes yeah. it interesting, I think. Yeah. He's very old school, hmm. Kyron, you know. He's really polite. You know, yeah. he seems, oh, hello, how are you? Yeah. Thank you, you know, yeah. hold the door for yeah. you, you know. Yeah. And we saw the incident with the old boy in the mobile phone, yeah. the Masters final. I mean, that's real kind of old school gentleman hmm. sort of behaviour. But look, you know, you use the words, I think, was it represent? Judd likes to represent himself hmm. as something. He's the same. Hmm. He's a really polite chap yeah, as yeah. well, but... Yeah. Um, so from that point of view, maybe it's a little bit artificial. But as you say, the hostility that has grown up between them, you know, you, well, it's absolutely real. And uh, we'll see what impact it has on, on this match. Yeah, I think that is the standout, so I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. Um, friend of the podcast, Barry Hawkins, against yeah. Sean Murphy, has also been on. Um, yeah, I mean, a couple of months ago, this would have been a good draw for Barry, because Murphy mm. had no form at all, couldn't buy a win. But obviously things have changed, um, got to the final in Scotland. And, and then in, in the German Masters qualifiers... He won two matches, so ten frames by seven centuries. Yeah. So the form has suddenly just come back in a rush. He had a lot of upheaval earlier in the season. Mm. Uh, he had another child. He moved to Ireland. Uh, I mean, that was massive upheaval mm. at the same time. And the start of the season for him was absolutely abysmal. Worst run he'd been on for many, many years. Um, Hawkins, one of those players who... He's a big occasion player up to a point, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh. Like, he'll go to the big events, he'll play really well... And then he just won't quite see it over mm. the line. And, you know, we saw that in the semi a couple of years ago. Um, we saw it, obviously, at the World Championship last season when he really should have won that semi-final. And history would have been very different. None of us would have seen Mark Williams in that towel. <laughs> um, so, yeah, two players who, on their day, are capable of producing form as good as anybody. Um, and Hawkins, of course, still hasn't won any of the big three. And uh, is, you might argue, the best player in that category. You know, the best player who's not won one of the big three titles yet. And he's 40 this year. I think it falls during the World Championship, yeah. doesn't it? So um, you won't quite say time's running out for him, but it's certainly getting shorter. Um, but as you say, Murphy has really turned it round, found some great form, uh, played really well in Scotland. Um, so, yeah, very hard one to call that, actually. Yeah, I think it is. I think, I think that, um, you know, Hawkins is one of those players. I kind of said this to him on the podcast. You know, he's never the player that people tip to win a tournament. But when you get to the end of the week and he's in the semis, it's no mm. great shock. No. You know, he keeps his head down. He's a little underrated, which he shouldn't be because he's mm. a great player. But he do, he's not going to be someone who comes out and starts trash-talking. That's no, not going to happen. No, God, no. <laughs> he wouldn't know how. I'd actually like to see how that would go, you know, because it, would just, it just wouldn't work mm. out at all. It's a bit like McManus, I suppose, yeah. in that respect, because McManus back in the day, no big talk from him, always at the business end of tournaments, didn't quite see the job through as often <clears> as he might have done. And just on that point... 25 years this year since he beat Henry in that final. There's a thought for you. It certainly is. Yeah. One will, well, it's 21 years since Mark Williams won it for the first time on a respot. The two left handed world champions, Mark Williams and Neil yeah. Robertson, is the last match. This is another very interesting one. Uh, Mark is still on his kind of um, victory Binge. lap. His yeah. Big, yeah, his, his drink fueled <laughs> victory lap. <laughs> yeah, from, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, who can blame him? I mean, my word, what an incredible achievement to win the world championship. Uh, he has won a tournament this season, but he's basically been on the beer most of the time yeah. and not practiced that much. But, you know, he's still Mark Williams, and I'm sure he's put a bit of work in for this. Neil Robertson's won a group of Championship League. He will be practising. Yeah, um, big big tournament for Robertson, actually. I just have a feeling that, you know, he, he could actually do some damage in this. If he gets past Williams, um, as you say, he's been at Championship League from New Year's Day. Yeah. He went on his uh, Christmas break to Norway, came back about the 28th to get back practising again. So uh, he'll certainly have prepared. Williams, we just don't know, do we? I mean, he probably has put in a bit of work, but has it been that much, really? I don't think he's a massive practicer anyway, you know, over the last couple of years. I think he does enough to keep him going. There are so many tournaments now, when you've got his talent and ability, you just need to 
kind of keep it ticking over. So I know we're kind of saying this about most matches, but again, it's a really hard one to call. I think we'll see early on if you know if Williams starts off well, that would suggest maybe he's been practicing, and then perhaps he might be the favourite to win it. But I would at this moment, I would just be tipping Robertson to get through that. Well, I think that the point is with Mark Williams. You know, in this tournament, if there is rustiness, you can't coast through a couple of rounds. Yeah. It's not like home nations where you're playing the world number 70. You know, you're playing the yeah, Robertson first yeah, yeah. round. And if there's any weakness, he'll pounce on it. Robertson um, always seems to win a tournament early in the season. Um, mm. But then, I mean, obviously, you know, you can't win everything. But he does seem to then go out early in a few events. He's a difficult player, I think, to back. I think by now, you know, obviously he's won all three Triple Crown events. But you would have fancied him to start adding and adding to them. And he did win another UK, but not the Masters, yeah. not the world. And he's getting on a bit now. You know, he's heading towards 40. And, you know, for a player of his ability, you know, he should be right up there among the all-time greats. And it looked as though he was heading that way. And it hasn't really turned out like that. Now, look, God, he still had an absolutely fantastic career. The best player ever from outside Britain, I think you would, you would certainly say, on the basis of his record. But... Um, you know, he's one of those players who will be keen to build a sort of legacy, and I think he knows, though he's had a great career, he has the potential to actually, mm. you know, be right up there. And I, I think he will certainly feel he should be a multiple world champion. He looks at Selby, who, you know, a few years ago you would have fancied Robertson to be, you know, a three-time world champion more than you would have fancied Selby to do it. But Selby's the one who's gone out and done it, mm. and um, he will feel he's got a lot to prove, Robertson. And uh, you know, I know from talking to him at the Championship League that, you know, he's 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 pretty determined now going into the new year, and the fact that he. You know, got down to practice again so quickly after Christmas. You know, he knows he's not going to have that many years left to build on on what he's accomplished. So I just fancy him to get through, but it's one of those that has six five written all over it. Yeah, I mean the thing, you know, in this tournament, you can play really well and get beat because the oh, standards yeah. are high. I mean, he's played Mark Selby a couple of times this season, Neil, and and, and played really well and, and and lost. And he does just, I think it's worth pointing out, he mm. does have a habit of that. Yeah. You know, since he kind of returned to the winner's circle, as it were. Uh, with that win in Scotland. There have actually been loads of tournaments where Robertson has gone out in a match where he's played really well. And I wonder, is that coincidence or is there some reason for that? And it, you, know, you can only speculate on it. I think what makes Mark Williams dangerous, though, is he, he has this air of, at the moment, like I say, the victory lap, I don't really care what happens. Mm. And that makes him dangerous. I think he does care. I mean, at the World Open, uh, the tournament he won, the World Open, was it? Yeah, yeah. Yushan, yeah. yeah. He was behind like three rounds running. Quite badly, you know, 9-5 in the final, he was behind in the semis, behind to Jack early at the tournament. Um, and each time, the minute it looked like he might lose, he dug in yeah. and produced the form. So he does care, but he has this air of, well, it, everything's a bonus. That does make him dangerous. Well, what was the line Steve said, you know, that it's all about playing like it means nothing when mm. it actually means everything? We'll probably find out he never actually said it, but it's been attributed to him <laughs> yeah. a million times. Yeah. Nobody in the history of the game has mm. ever managed to uh, achieve that to mm. the extent that Mark Williams has. And look what he's done in the game. Mm. So, it's working. So, that's the draw. So, it's prediction time. Um, I, I think we need to name the finalists. Um, right. Because I'm going to tip Ronnie O'Sullivan. I know that's a really obvious thing, but I, I mean, I don't normally sort of knee-jerk go for Ronnie, like last year, tip Mark Allen. Yeah. But, I, you know, you look at the evidence of what's happened this season. He's only lost two matches this yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know... He's just playing so well, getting himself up to these big events. He's won it seven times, just won the UK. Um, Let's take that as a given that the logical right. tip yeah. is O'Sullivan. So okay, yeah, the pick from the field then. As it well, were. the other okay. Well, the other player, I do think Mark Selby actually. Um, again, I mean, it's not exactly sticking my neck out, but I, I think that his record there, you know, objectively is really good. Recent times, not, but over the course of his career, I just kind of expect him to start playing well again, and maybe. 
because he's had a few setbacks in these big tournaments, he's not really being looked at that much now, actually. Yeah. He's not really being talked about. There's going to be a lot of talk about Trump and Wilson, you know, obviously Ronnie, Mark Allen. Selby's down the pecking order a bit. That might suit him. So, yeah, I mean, you know, he could, could lose to Maguire, of course he could, but I do fancy him to win that, and then maybe he'll settle into the tournament. I won't curse him like I did last year because I said pretty much all those yeah. things last year and he lost in the first round. Um, I'm going to go for Robertson, actually, mm. you know, for the reasons I was saying that I don't think um, his record reflects what a you know, truly great player he is. Um, and I fancy him to beat Williams and, and, and then to go on and, and win the whole thing, really. And I, I just have a sneaking feeling we might see Dean turn it around a bit. Now, it just depends on whether or not he's been practising. Uh, over the last few weeks, and I suspect he probably has because he, you know, he's not going to want to let his career fizzle out the way it's threatening to at the moment. So, so maybe a Ding Robertson final, you know, and all uh, all non-British. I don't like mm. using the word overseas because it's a world game. Yeah. So, but that that is all, you know, sort of, you know, almost to avoid tipping O'Sullivan. Yeah. Because if you're going for for it from the logical point of view, yeah. there's no way you can possibly tip anyone other than O'Sullivan. But you know. If it doesn't turn out that way, then let's say Robertson to win it and maybe uh, maybe see a good run from Ding. But just looking, I mean, you have the sheet there in front mm. of you with all the names on it. There's nobody there you'd be all that surprised to see no, win it. No. So. Well, finally, because we're, we're going into the second half of the season, mm. and after the Masters, the talk will start the Crucible. It will. The World Championship. So I'm going to just... I'm going to pick up a curveball and throw it at you. Wow. Okay. Oh, should I duck? Who is going to be the 2019 World Champion? Wow. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know yeah. because I mean, can I be really boring and say O'Sullivan? Because ah, yeah. again, Is that what you want? If, if, <laughs> if, if if you're going to make a logical pick, then at this moment in time, you you would have to say O'Sullivan. But then, as we've discussed many times, O'Sullivan clearly has an issue yeah. with the World Championship yeah. since the defeat to Selby in the final. So instead of that, I'm going to say Kyron Wilson okay. because he just looks to me like somebody you, you can just picture him. On that Monday night, potting the final balls with a look on his face of, you know, well, of course this is what's going to happen. Of course I'm going to be world champion. You can see him holding up the trophy, saying all the right things. And I remember, actually, um, you and I uh, went for a drink with uh, Matt Hewitt from the WPBSA the day after the last world final. And uh, I think we ended the conversation by saying, so who's going to win this in 12 months' time? And I said Wilson then. Can't remember who you or Matt said, but... Mm. uh, Matt doesn't drink. I did a lot to drink. Well, indeed. But I will say this. Ask me again when the Masters is over, mm. and I will rule out whoever's won that. Because okay. people always say, oh, you know, if you've won the Masters yeah, now, yeah. it sets you up. I think, off the top of my head, it's 16 years since anyone won the Masters and then won the World Championship. Mark Williams. I don't think anyone's done it since. Now, someone's going to tell me I'm wrong about that. But it doesn't happen very often, no, no, put it no, that way. And you look at O'Sullivan. He's won seven Masters. Again, off the top of my head, I don't think any of those mm. were then followed by winning the World Championship the same year. So this notion, look, the Masters is a massive title, which is well worth winning in itself. And of course, whoever wins it has as good a chance as anyone of going to win the World Championship. But the idea that it's some sort of form guide for the Crucible mm. history suggests that since the days of Hendry, you know, when he used to win everything of, of that level, uh, it, it, it's no sort of form guide at all. Well, I'll answer my own question. Um, in terms of the world champion, whenever I see Judd Trump play well, I think he's going to win the world championship. And he, he was a little bit fortunate to get through the first round last year against Wakelin in, in a sort of ultimate yeah. twitch up. But he was a bit unlucky, I thought, against John Higgins, who really turned it on in the end Amazing of the match. Um, so, you know, I, I think, I always think he's got a great chance. But also, I would not be surprised if Mark Williams won it again. I know it seems, oh, no. it, you know, it, it's almost like the whole year's been building up to it. He's been already been talking about, I'm going to take my son along, the first day he's going to watch me walk out. You know, defending champion, and 
you, you know, once he gets back there and gets that feeling back, you never know. Hopefully, he'll keep his clothes on if he does win it again. Yeah. Because yeah. how do you really? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't break it. Well, no. he said he said he'd do it again, but he'd do a cartwheel into the press from oh, this lovely. time. <laughs> so yeah, please don't win it again, Mark. None of us could cope no. with that. He's such a good player, though, Mark Williams, that even if he continues to like take life easy for another mm. couple of months and decides on the first day of April, right, I'm knuckling down for the next three weeks, that would be enough. That would be enough for him to arrive at the Crucible sufficiently well prepared. Would he be sufficiently match tight? Maybe not. So, you know, he'll need to do well in a couple of the big events uh, leading up to that. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely. No reason at all why, why he couldn't go and win it again. But perhaps needs to maybe get a few results under his belt. And then, as I say, really knuckle down in the run-up to it. And uh, he'll, have a, he'll have a chance. Uh, look, it, at this point in time, it just looks wide open. Mm. But often when that happens... O'Sullivan goes, takes control of the championship, and it will, it's a few months away yet, but we'll see if O'Sullivan goes there and his attitude looks good, because it hasn't looked good going into the World Championship any year since 2014, and if he goes there looking like he's just there to focus on it, not to get involved in silly controversies, um, then again, much like the Masters, the only logical pick you can make at the moment is for for him to win it. Well, we shall see in due course, but of course the Masters is first. It's live on the BBC and Eurosport, and I hope everyone enjoys the tournament. Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favourite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.